Um, before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and send our kiddos out. Jamel's in the back. If you want to make your way to go have some fun, I'm going to put this down a little bit. Perfect. Oh, look at that line. We are really... Everybody, give them a hand. Give them a hand as we exit. That's awesome. Well, good morning. Um, happy Sunday, second Sunday of Advent. Um, I want to start us off with a question this morning. Um, so we're going to have some time just to answer a question, to say hi to your neighbors, maybe say hi to someone um, that doesn't look super familiar. Um, so can you remember a time in your life um, when you knew something was coming that you were so excited for? You felt that anticipation um, of an event. Maybe it was Christmas morning. Um, you knew that you were going to have your favorite Christmas morning breakfast. Um, or getting into high school and that feeling of like, oh, I get to open a locker. And then you get to the first day and you don't know how to open a locker. But um, Or a first date that you were really excited for. Um, let's take about a minute, um, talk to your neighbors and talk about a moment that just had really high anticipation for you. My dad better not be telling bad stories about me. this so you don't look like a dope, I promise. You're set. Thank you. Okay, start wrapping up your stories. As, as we wrap up, is anyone um, brave enough to share an example of something in your life that you were really hopeful and excited for? I won't force us, but I'd love to hear a story. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Anyone else? Something that you were really hope for, hopeful for, something that you anticipated, Stephen? Uh, I really wanted a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. The least shocking thing that will happen all day is that Stephen Poor wanted a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> 
That's awesome. I was similar. I did really want a truck. My dad's here, so he did acquire me a 1990 Ford Ranger extended cab pickup on my 16th birthday. Big deal for me. I did grow up in Mechanicsville, so that shouldn't be shocking for you. Um, so for me, every year in my adulthood life, this is something that has happened in the past couple of years, um, I look forward to every Christmas season, the watching of the spectacular Jim Henson's A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the applause. Um, Something about this classic story being narrated by Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat um, really takes the cake for me. Also, both of them are wearing top hats in the end, and that just is a great, a great thing to see. Um, particularly, we have some food, maybe some grilled cheese and some tomato soup. Um, and there is required singing, especially that middle song where they're all sitting around the table singing about blessing our home. Um, this movie experience happened in my household just last night, and it made me rethink my entire sermon this morning. <laughs> so if you know, need to know anything about me, it is that I am wildly influenced by Kermit the Frog. So bear with me. Um, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name's Allison. Um, I am a member of this community, um, and I'm also a student at Union Presbyterian Seminary, and my exams are due next week, so I will take all of the prayers. Um, I actually went to what we would call formally Center Church for the first time during the Advent season of 2018. Um, and just thinking that through, it is absolutely wild to see how much has changed in this church community and in my own life in the last four years. Um, something else that I want to tell you guys about me um, is I actually have a chronic illness that sometimes makes my brain a little foggy. Um, so if I lose my place or if I stutter my words a little bit, give me some grace and I will get back on track. Um, so you'll notice a lot of times when I'm up here on stage, I'll sit just to make things a little bit easier for me. So um, I'm really thankful that this is a community that allows people to show up just as they are, um, and that is made in the image of God. So thank you. Um, oh, so sorry. Um, will you guys pray with me this morning as we start? God of each and every moment, allow us to be open to your spirit as we do the best we can with what you have given us. Allow us to be surprised and softened and reminded that we are all beloved. Amen. So Drew gave us a little bit of an introduction last week about what Advent is. Um, it's the start of a new liturgical calendar. It's a moment to pause, to wait, to hope for a coming miracle. Some of us may be feeling a little bit more rushed this Christmas season, um, preparing our Christmas lists for Santa, um, decorating a house inside and out, baking our favorite holiday treats. Some of us might feel tender, missing family members that should be around the table grieving how our lives or didn't change over the past years, our lives changed or didn't change over the past year. Some of us may be feeling lifted up, drinking your coffee by the side of the Christmas tree, reading a new or common tables, Advent devotional, um, filling your home with smooth, smooth Christmas jazz. During the season of Advent, business is not typically as it is normally. This morning's scripture reading, as you heard, can feel a little bleak. I'm sure not a ton of you feel very excited about talking about the subject of repentance. Um, John the Baptist in this passage is the son, he's the son of Elizabeth, and he's on the scene to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. We catch up to him this morning in chapter 3, preaching in Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
If you grew up in church community like me, or have ever felt on the margins of faith, the word repentance might make you feel a little uneasy. I think of all the times the Big C Church has asked young women to repent for their lack of modesty, or queer Christians to repent for a sexuality that is deeply made in the image of God, or mental health issues being just put off as sinning. Repentance doesn't exactly flow off the tongue for me, and I'm sure many of us. It may, in fact, may you may make you want to jump up and wait this one out from the coffee table um, or the bathroom, but I hope that you will trust me enough to know that we aren't going to go at this in a way that might feel scary. Repent, in its easiest form, just means to turn away, to turn from. As the CEB translation that Drew shared with me says, and we said it in our welcome this morning, change your hearts and lives. Or, as the two Muppet ghosts, Marley and Marley, say to Mr. Scrooge in a Muppet's Christmas Carol, change. Thank you. (laughs) I love this. I should have prepped you guys, put on the Instagram, like, make sure you watch Muppet's Christmas Carol before you show up. Next time, I will give you your homework with plenty of time. Um, And John the Baptist is telling us this morning to repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Turn. The kingdom is at hand. There's hope, the kingdom is at hand, but there's also preparation asked of us. Turn, change. Preparation comes with a cost. There's an ask for us to repent. There are many ways that the communal church and our church common table needs to repent. There are many things that we need to repent for for letting people fall through the cracks, for preaching division of us and them, for not speaking up quickly and loudly about the issues of anti-Semitism, racism, sexism, transphobia. May this community be one that confesses together, that repents together, and that hopes together. There are a lot of things in my life that require repentance. My lack of generosity, the times that I haven't always viewed the best of people, The times I perpetuated a version of this faith that has had its hand in death and destruction. May you and I be people who confess, who repent, and who hope. It's a big ask. I I get that. And if you're not in the place for this morning, if this conversation is making you feel very uneasy, you feel uncomfortable, please, I ask you to just let it pass over you. Nothing that is said this morning um, needs to be taken in a way that is going to make you feel bad leaving this room. Um, That's not what this is for. Um, But are there things in your life or in your heart that you need to turn from? This morning, I want to invite us in a new way. And that way is not of conviction. It's just of self-reflection. It's also an invitation because after the years that we've had, our bodies need a minute to breathe, to rest, and to reflect. A big thing that I want to talk about is when we talk about repentance, or we talk about turning, or the Christian community talks about what it looks like to change your lives, um, I think that there's this idea that if we, if we change our lives, we will be better. Which, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, if I decide to, you know, make better choices in my, like, daily routine, I might feel a little bit more at peace. There is that cause and effect. Um, 
But I just want a, a reminder that like we are all seen and loved and cared for by God. And any turn or any change we make in our lives does not change that fact that we are seen and beloved and cared for by God. There is no change that you can make that will make God love you more or make you holy, more holy in the eyes of who God is. Um, We gather together here at Common Table in the hopes of creating a community that moves us into a new way. And to move into a new way, like John the Baptist says, there's preparation. There are things that we must leave behind. The call to repentance is also not a call to self-erasure. Um, repentance is just turning from ways that don't breed peace and life and hope. But this morning, if the call to change your hearts to lives in a response to the closeness of heaven feels accessible to you, I want to invite you into whatever repentance or turning could look like. Maybe it's meeting with a therapist to talk about a way that you've been feeling, apologizing to someone that you care about, changing the ways you spend your time and money to more generous organizations, you're going to love where I'm going with this. I can't wait. If you haven't seen the ending of A Muppet's Christmas Carol, <laughs> um, Ebenezer, I won't, you know, hopefully all of you know the story. Ebenezer Scrooge changes his heart and his life when he's met with the reality of how his greed and anger and sadness have impacted the lives of his neighbors and his own life. He gathers up the biggest feast he can and prepares a way to dine at the table with all of those that he wants to mend a relationship with. Mr. Scrooge repents, he confesses, and he hopes for a new, more generous, more loving, more people at the table beginning. We repent and we turn because we see a new way that is full of hope and grace and peace for all people. The kingdom of heaven is near. It's near in RVA, it's near at Common Table, it's near at the end of a Muppet's Christmas Carol, and it's near in your life. For some reason, this sentence, the kingdom of heaven is near. If you've talked to me while I've prepared this sermon, you've probably heard me scream a little bit about this sentence. It feels like one of the most hopeful things that we can read. I don't know about you all, but the past few years haven't always felt like the kingdom of heaven is exactly near. Um, for me personally, one day this year that I think I'm going to hold with me for a while um, is the day that we found out that Roe versus Wade had been overturned. It was a day that I felt scared and hopeless, and I still feel scared. Um, and some days I wonder if that emotion is a valid one. And I wonder, in the midst of everything that we've experienced in the past two years, if you guys have had moments that have felt pretty hopeless. In the midst of chaos and oppression and constant political reliance on anger and fear and money, the kingdom of heaven is still at hand. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's not a perfect life with blind obedience to a church body or a divine being. It's faithful questioning and doubting and hoping together. Common table is not the kingdom of God common table can be a part of the kingdom of God Good. if it chooses to right. be. The kingdom of God is not a voting block or an invite-only country club. It's not seminarians. It's not pastors. The kingdom of God is found in and through each and every one of God's beloved people. That's right. 
I think that Reverend Nadia Boltzweber puts it best in the rewriting of the Beatitudes. If you'll allow me, I'd love to reword some of this for us this morning. The kingdom of God is found in the agnostics. It's found in those who doubt, who have nothing to offer, the preschoolers who cut in line at communion, the poor in spirit. It's with those who know, whom no one else notices, the kids who sit alone at middle school lunch tables, the, mother, uh, the laundry guys at the hospital, the sex workers and the night shift street sweepers, the closeted, the kingdom of God is with the meek. The kingdom of God is found in those of us who have loved enough to know what loss feels like. The mothers of the miscarried. Those who can't fall apart because they have to keep it together for everyone else. The kingdom of heaven is for those of us and all of us who are mourning. For me, personally, the kingdom of heaven is in early mornings with my roommate Amanda, making our to-do list to the light of the Christmas tree, or walking into a coffee shop and knowing the entire staff. It's in new friends and board games and a good gin and tonic. It's a church showing up even when it's hard and uncomfortable. It's the space between you and me and the image of God found in all of us. Are you looking? Are you turning? The kingdom of heaven is near. This proclamation should make us eager and encouraged to change our hearts and lives to be reflective of the gospel that is good news for all of us inside and outside of this room. Come on, come on. Turn. You can be a part of the kingdom here on earth, in RVA, at Common Table, this Advent season. You are invited into the kingdom that's here and now. Can't you feel it? Can you feel it this Advent season? This hopeful anticipation of something that looks different? I don't think we all walk into this church because we want something that looks like what we've always had. So why are we doing the things that we've always done? Because that's just going to bring him to the same outcome that is full of anger and sadness and grief? What does it look like for us to turn, to change our hearts and lives? What does it look like for us to pay the little mouse to go get the biggest turkey in the window and to show up to Bob Cratchit's house for a feast for all? You know, we might not all be able to get the prize turkey, but there's, there's something calling to us in that. There's a reason that we hear a Christmas carol, the Muppets Christmas carol or whatever version you like the best. Um, and we feel something at the end of it. And it's because we all see ourselves in the ghost of Christmas past, the Christmas present and Christmas future. And I really hope none of you guys need that very scary first ghost to come and talk to you. <laughs> The table has been prepared. The kingdom is here. There's space for you. May we all choose to turn, to change our hearts and lives, to be a part of bringing the kingdom of heaven closer. And may we bring the love, the love of this God 
who has made a way for all of us to be a part of this kingdom that is here and now. We don't have to wait for this thing that's coming in the future that, let's be honest, none of us know that much about. And let's find the moments here on earth that are calling to us. May we bring that love into every part of this community, our community, and our lives this Advent season and into a new year. Amen. Will you guys pray with me as we we close out? God, we thank you for all the ways that we see you. Whether it is through early morning experiences, maybe it's through dinners with our families or game nights or our favorite song in the car on the way to work. Thank you for the moments of liminal space where heaven and earth seem to touch. Help us to look for those moments and help us to turn to help create more of them each and every day. May we be a community full of people that confesses together and repents together and hopes together for a new way. Amen.